Dr. Baliga here. Today's podcast is on Minoka or myocardial infarction with non-obstructive coronary artery disease. This podcast is derived from Baliga's textbook on internal medicine, published at www.mastermedfacts.com and the color, atlas and synopsis of interventional cardiology, um, co-edited by Scott Lilly and myself and from all the articles cited in this presentation. The burden of Minoka, Minoka accounts for 5 to 15% of patients with spontaneous myocardial infarctions. Disproportionately affects women, three times more common among women than men. Greater representation in African-American, Blacks, Maori or Pacific race. It's certainly not a benign condition. The four-year rate of major adverse cardiac adverse events after Minoka is nearly 25%. 17% of decedents with pathological evidence of myocardial infarction at autopsy have no obstructive coronary artery disease. Early in-hospital mortality after Minoka presentation is 1.1%. And Minoka patients who survive to hospital discharge have a 4.7% risk of mortality at the end of one year. Five-year mortality is double digits, nearly 11%, and some cases are, have been identified at autopsy. The Sweetheart Registry reported the risk of mortality, myocardial infarction, and ischemic stroke at five years, and there was it was 13.4%, that's double-digit uh, uh, risk of mortality, 43 to 7% of myocardial infarction, and 6.4% of having an ischemic stroke at the end of five years. So it's certainly not a benign condition. We need to know more about Minoka so that we can better diagnose and manage and treat this condition. What are the criteria for diagnosis? First, it must meet the universal definition of acute myocardial infarction, inclu including an elevation of cardiac enzymes, troponins above the 99th percentile of the upper reference limit, and corroborative clinical evidence of infarction according to the fourth universal definition of myocardial infarction. The second criteria is absence of obstructive coronary artery disease and coronary angiography, defined as no coronary artery stenosis greater than or equal to 50% any any potential infarct-related artery on coronary angio. That is, in other words, less than 50% angiographic stenosis in all major epicardial vessels. And the third criteria is there's no specific alternate diagnosis for myocardial infarction presentation, such as sepsis, heart failure, myocarditis, Takotsubo, or pulmonary embolism. The differential diagnosis of Minoka it's nicely seen in this Venn diagram, which was published in the uh, British Heart Journal uh, in an article uh, led by Dr. Singh. And uh, Dr. Newby is the senior uh, author. And, uh, and the different diagnosis includes excluding conditions which reduce uh, myocardial supply, uh, including um, coronary artery dissection, coronary artery vasospasm, 
It also includes uh, conditions which there is a increased demand, such as sepsis, severe hypertension, tachyarrhythmias, and then um, uh, uh, direct myocardial insults like uh, myocarditis, sepsis, uh, chemotherapy-induced cardiotoxicity, allograft rejection, cardiomyopathies, and uh, myocardial trauma and contusion. Uh, and there are some overlapping conditions including uh, heart failure, permeabilism, takasubo, uh, hypoxemia, anemia, and hypotension. So you can see this is a, there's, a, there's a big overlap of differential diagnosis of Minoka. This, this flowchart, which was published in Jack Imaging recently, nicely uh, sets the approach out for Minoka. So someone with an acute myocardial uh, infarct undergoes a diagnostic coronary angiogram. And if they have obstructive coronary artery disease, Takasubo or SCAD, then they, they are treated appropriately. When Minoka is suspected, this flowchart recommends these options, that is uh, OCT, that is opti optimal co coherence tomography or IVIS, a coronary function assessment like coronary artery spasm, and an early CMR. And the, and the CMR should exclude myocarditis, Takasubo, and other cardiomyopathies. So once this kind of workup is over, a, a firm diagnosis of Minoka can be made. Another recent paper in um, Jack Imaging looked at the utility of OCT, optimal co uh, optical coherence tomography and uh, CMR for the diagnosis of patients presenting with Minoka. And according to this paper, the suspected mechanisms for Minoka include plaque erosion, plaque rupture, in situ non-occlusive thrombosis, thrombotic occlusion with thrombolysis or distal embolization, flush occlusion of a branch vessel, SCAD or spontaneous coronary artery dissection, epicardial coronary spasm, and coronary microvascular dysfunction. Despite all this, eight, in 8 to 25% of the cases, there's no underlying cause known for Minoka. And this is important because as we, we better characterize this condition, and it's really important to characterize this condition because this condition is not benign, as I discussed earlier in this podcast. In November, of tw in November December 2020, the uh, uh, HARP uh, investigators published their data on Minoka and women in a study led by Harmony Reynolds, MD, from uh, Columbia, and the senior author, Judith Hockman. And they found that the mechanisms of, inf of uh, Minoka uh, uh, are, are, are multifactorial, like I discussed earlier. Nearly two-thirds of the, of, of the women in this study of 145 patients prospectively enrolled uh, had evidence of a vascular mechanism uh, for their myocardial infarction presentation with an alternate diagnosis identified in about 1 in 5, that's 20%. When you, when you look at IVIS and optimal coherence tomography in this study, 
the diagnosis of plaque disruption can be only definitely established with high-resolution IVIS or optimal coronary tomography. Intracoronary imaging can also establish the diagnosis of spontaneous coronary artery dissection, which is not apparent angiographically. The AHA scientific statement on Minoka clearly recommends, when available, uh, optimal coronary tomography or IVIS imaging be performed in patients with Minoka and evidence of non-obstructive atherosclerosis. Intravascular imaging with OCT may be preferred to IVIS given the higher imaging resolution. This is a nice uh, figure from uh, the Harp Minoka study which looked at optimal coronary tomography in women. The, uh, the study cohort included 145 women. 46% had a culprit lesion, that's 67. 6% had plaque rupture, of which 3% had thrombosis without plaque rupture. Intraplaque cavity was seen in 21%. Layered plaque was seen in 13%. Spasm was seen in 2% and SCAD in 1%. That's in one patient in the study. So multivariable analysis showed the culprit was associated with age, abnormal angiography per site, diabetes, but not troponin or angiographic stenosis severity per the core laboratory. Cardiac MRI is useful in the assessment of Minoka. It can confirm the diagnosis of myocardial infarction and exclude sim symptoms that may mimic Minoka. And this includes myocarditis, Takasubo, uh, uh, and when MI has occurred, Subendocardial or transmural late gadolinium announcement by MRI may be seen in a coronary distribution. Although the absence of a myocardial infarction on cardiac MRI does not exclude uh, Minoka. Cardiac MRI also provides reliable measures of ventricular function, wall motion abnormalities, myocardial thickness. Therefore, cardiac MRI is a key investigation in Minoka because it can exclude myocarditis, Takasubo, and cardiomyopathies, as well as provide imaging confirmation of an acute myocardial infarction. In the heart Minoka study, infarction was seen in 38, 38 patients, that is uh, about a third of the patients. Regional injury was seen in about 21%. And um, in 26%, it was normal non-ischemic in 21%, and myocarditis occurred in 15%, Takasubo in 3%, and other cardiomyopathies in 3%. Multivariable analysis, abnormal CMR was associated with higher peak troponin, creatinine, and diastrate blood pressure, but there was no correlation between troponin elevation and angiographic stenosis severity. There was no troponin threshold below which abnormal CMR was unlikely. So the key take away from the Hup minoka study in women was that both OCT and cardiac MRI are uh, helpful. The OCT, uh, when, an o when a culprit lesion is detected on OCT, the cardiac MRI provides evidence of infarction or regional ischemia injury. In 69%. So in about 30%, we still don't have 
supportive evidence for MRI, ischemic uh, cardiac MRI findings uh, in these patients, 44% had no uh, culprit lesion on optical coherence tomography. And in these cases, one should suspect coronary artery sp spasm or thromboembolism or a missed culprit lesion. And finally, when they combined both both OCT and uh, cardiac MRI, 85% of the cases a cause was identified. With OCT alone, it was 46%, and with MRI alone, it was 74%. So it's really important to have both imaging modalities to better delineate and characterize Minoka. And it's really important we have a better understanding of Minoka given it's a, not a benign condition, and we still don't know how to manage and treat these patients. The limitations of the Minoka study was there, it was a relatively sample size, small sample size, very few STEMI cases. The myocardial edema was in a single coronary ter territory considered to be an evidence of ischemic injury, but regional myocarditis cannot be excluded. There was no spasm testing, there was no control group, and not all women had three vessel OCT uh, and uh, cardiac MRI. And the study was limited to women. These slides were uh, originated from the AHA website uh, of the presentation of Hop Minoka uh, at the last AHA meeting. So the uh, authors of the study concluded multimodality imaging, that is both OCTA and cardiac MRI, is abnormal in 85% of the women with Minoka. They provide useful diagnostic information independently and in combination. Cardiac MRI findings correlated well with OCT culprit lesions, demonstrating that non-obstructive culprit lesions frequently cause Minoka. So non-obstruction doesn't mean it's benign. Coronary artery spasm or thromboembolism likely cause myocardial infarction or regional ischemic injury in cases without a culprit lesion on optical coherence tomography. The study authors went on to conclude that mechanisms of Minoka in women were often similar to the mechanisms of myocardial infarction seen with atherothrombosis with the possible contribution of coronary vasospasm. These findings have implications for secondary prevention treatment after myocardial infarction in Minoka. It's interesting, in the, in the uh, American College of Cardiology meeting earlier this year, there was, a, uh, there was a poster where they found that Minoka can present with recurrent ventricular tachycardia and this patient who was a 72-year-old male had probably had vasospastic episodes which, call, which caused ischemia and uh, resulted in monomorphic ventricular tachycardia and this re which, which, uh, which required ICD shocks. So this highlights that vasospastic angina can present as refractory ventricular tachycardia and therefore it's really, really important that we better understand this condition which has high mortality uh, and high morbidity, including uh, ventricular tachycardia. This slide is uh, from the uh, Stockholm myocardial infarction study and they compared the utility of cardiac MRI uh, 10 years ago and more recently, and they found that an early cardiac MRI 
and with better technology, with cardiac MRI, more and more patients were, were undiagnosed or were, in, uh, or were considered uh, normal with Minoka uh, were probably uh, undetected. And the newer technology and early cardiac MRI, um, more patients with Takasuba were detected, more patients with myocarditis were detected, and more patients with myocardial infarction were detected. In the uh, earlier study, uh, cardiac MRI imaging ten, uh, was done a median of 12 days after admission, while in the more recent study that is SMINK2, it was done uh, within three days after admission. So this study emphasizes the, the importance of early cardiac MRI uh, in, uh, in patients diagnosed after a diagnostic cath. This case is about a 40-year-old man who had an infolateral uh, STEMI. Diagnostic cath did not show significant blockage and the event uh, under, underwent optimal coherence tomography which showed plaque erosion. And uh, in, in this patient, um, he received pretreatment with aspirin, uh, a, a loading dose of ticraglor and IV administration of enoxaparin. Coronary angiography showed mild to moderate lesions in the LAD. The left ventricular uh, angiogram revealed uh, anteroapical wall motion ab abnormalities. The corresponding OCT images of the proximal LAD showed a thin cap fibrotheroma likely associated. And uh, these arrows, uh, heads, uh, show well, the likely these this thin, thin cap fibrotheroma was associated with plaque ruptures. CMR, the cardiac MRI, performed two days later, showed delayed enhancement, which were located in the anteroceptal wall at the midventricular and apical levels, and also in the anterolateral and inferior walls at the midventricular and apical levels. The LGE pattern was characteristic of coronary artery distribution in the LAD. In this case, the interventional cardiologist in charge decided to stent the culprit lesion given that there were multiple rupture sites and a significant plaque prolapse. This, this, this case was reported in Jack Imaging and one could argue with the approach. In fact, a recent article by Trisha Singh um, in, the, uh, in, in Heart or the British Heart Journal discusses all the management options in patients with Minoka in, in, in plaque disru disruption, they said one should consider uh, antiplatelet agents, statins, and beta blockers. When there is no atherosclerotic lesion, such as coronary vasospasm, maybe calcium channel blockers. Antiplatelet agents, if one if one thinks that um, my, my, microclots are contributing and secondary prevention to reduce coronary plaque. When there's coronary thromboembolism, they uh, recommend uh, anticoagulant therapy and targeted therapy with patients for hypercoagulable underlying conditions. SCAD, one treats, as you all know, um, depending 
on depending on uh, the anatomy and the obstruction. Then in conditions with supply dis demand mismatch, which we see like sepsis, tachyarrhythmias, anemias, severe hypoperfusion, hypoxias, and pulmonary thromboembolism, the management depends on the underlying pathophysiology. No cause for minoca has been reported, and so far there is no current guidance on how to approach these patients. In fact, I recall my one of my very first few patients with Minoka was a business school professor who was en route to the Middle East and he developed uh, inferior wall STEMI on a weekend there. He was treated conservatively and uh, came back to the US. When we did an angiogram, it was stone cold normal. Those EKG showed tombstones in the inferior wall leads. And one could argue the best treatment for him would be aspirin, statin, at least at the minimum, and possibly beta blockers. But one could argue that just statins may be adequate once the, once the uh, plaque and or the erosions have stabilized, maybe aspirin for 60 days. There's no data, but given that this condition is not benign and high mortality, and it occurs with a high burden in women, it is so important to have multi-center trials, prospective trials, to better understand this condition.